0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Diving Board Podcast. I am your host, Jill, and thank you so much for joining me for another weekly deep dive. I love these like diving sessions that we have together every week. It's like therapy for me. I love doing diving boards. So I hope you guys enjoy it as well. I hope everyone had a great week. I hope everyone enjoyed the double feature on the Diving Board Podcast last week of the Amanda Bynes episodes. Uh, that was a ride I mean those were definitely very interesting so if you have not listened to them please go back and listen I definitely think you will enjoy them I got some really good feedback so thank you all and I had a very busy week especially a busy weekend because I'm going out of town this week so I spent most of the weekend Um, Just doing homework for business school and trying to do homework a few weeks in advance so that I don't fall behind and kind of give myself a little bit of a cushion because I'm going to our nation's capital this week. And you know I'm a big history buff, so super excited. I love when I'm in D.C. It is seriously one of my favorite places. And my mom and I like going to D.C. together, so we're going to have our favorite kind of little historical political mother daughter trip I cannot wait. But because of that, I didn't have a ton of time to choose, you know, a really extensive scandal and deep dive this week. So I kind of had to choose a shorter scandal. So this episode might be a little shorter than what we're used to and have become accustomed to on the Diving Board podcast. But you know, you know me, I can talk for hours. So who knows, this might be, you know, like a Peter Jackson trilogy for all we know. Um, (laughs) But yes, uh, really excited to get into this, even though it might be shorter, it does not make this scandal any less iconic or any less scandalous. And you know, I remember when I was a kid, they treated this as like the crime of the century. It was it was crazy and um, it was not that serious of a crime, but we will get into that. So without further ado, I invite you to check those security tags and make sure you have your receipts because this is the deep dive of the Winona Rider shoplifting scandal. So you know this is the diving board podcast we take it from the top who is winona ryder well winona laura horowitz was born on october 29th, 1971 in winona minnesota so cute now winona's parents they were kind of hippies and when winona was seven they relocated to a commune in mendocino country california and she kind of grew up on the commune with no electricity, no television. And because of this, like, she really became really creative. She became really into reading. She was really into Catcher in the Rye. So she kind of just became kind of this little hippie girl and wasn't, you know, like the tablet kids of today. She was just out on her own, really doing a lot of creative things. And by 1985, when Winona was just a teenager, she started sending in audition tapes to different directors, and she was noticed right away by David Seltzer. And he cast her in her first film called Lucas. And it was just like a high school film about kids. And this was really the first time that she was in the public eye in her first movie. And this is when she started going by her stage name, Winona Ryder. And like I said, Lucas was just her big break. And after seeing her in Lucas, Tim Burton actually reached out to Winona because he was interested in her and he thought that she would be perfect for the role of Lydia in his movie Beetlejuice. And we know here on the Diving Board podcast, I am obsessed with the movie Beetlejuice. I remember in the 90s when we would go to Universal Studios, they had this Beetlejuice show and... We would have to say Beetlejuice three times and he would just appear. Like there'd be all of this smoke and then Beetlejuice would like bust out on stage. And I was living for it, but I was also very, very scared because I was convinced it was the real Beetlejuice and we had somehow summoned him to a theme park in Orlando, Florida. So... (laughs) I really thought it was him and I know I always bring up Universal Studios on the Diving Board podcast. I am yearning so hard for 90s Universal Studios. I I know we'll never get it back but you know I can dream and you know Beetlejuice really was the movie that really helped put Winona just on the map. After that her career Took off running and just did not stop. She was cast the next year as Veronica in the movie Heathers, which is again one of my favorite movies. Just became an instant call classic. And it's funny because her agent actually told my nona, like, do not star in this movie, it'll ruin your career. And Heathers really just made her career explode. And this really kind of like cemented Winona as like the edgier alternative girl, like in Heather's especially, like everyone is blonde and is kind of like the darker, you know, darker haired girl. She wore a lot of black and kind of, you know, became, like I said, our alternative young icon. And, you know, for my fellow goth, edgier kids, you know Winona was definitely a queen. She, like, had the best style she had. She was definitely, like, a style icon of the 1990s. Like, she never missed. Her clothes were so good, and she was really, like, the blueprint for, you know, the young people who liked to dye their hair black and wear a lot of liquid eyeliner and, you know, dark lipstick and dance to some, like, shitty deep cut song by the Smiths, you know, at the goth bar until 5 a.m. But enough about me. Um, (laughs) And a couple years after the success of Beetlejuice, Winona went on to star in another Tim Burton movie called Edward Scissorhands. And she actually starred in it with her then boyfriend, Johnny Depp. And like, if you have seen pictures of Winona and Johnny Depp They're like the ultimate, like edgy punk rock couple. Like, seriously, nobody compares to them. And this was Johnny Depp, like in his absolute prime, like hot as hell. Just they were the perfect couple, just amazing. And Johnny actually had like his name tattooed. He had Winona Forever tattooed on his shoulder. And like they were definitely serious. But, you know, they wound up breaking up, and Johnny actually says, like, it was just because they both were such huge celebrities and it was such a hard relationship to maintain. And they were both really young, and they eventually did, like I said, break up. And Winona, she seriously was crushed. And, you know, like, when you're 20 and you're really young and you break up with your first love, you honestly think, like, the world is ending. Like, I will never meet anybody like this again. This is just my world is over and you know like i said she was crushed her world was shattered and she was so depressed that she wound up checking herself into a psych- psychiatric ward for about a week like this breakup was so difficult for her but despite the breakup i mean winona's career continued to take off in the 90s she was in little women reality bites she was in mermaids with share it's funny because I was watching the, an old episode of Watch What Happens Live with Cher from like six years ago and Cher calls Wynona Noni and I thought that was so cute and I love when I like learn celebrities and nicknames like what people who actually know them call them like I know like Anne Hathaway they call her Annie or I know like obviously like Martin Scorsese they call him Marty and I just I don't know I feel like I'm like friends with them when I know their nicknames but Dare to dream. Um, And also in the 90s, she was nominated for an Oscar in 1993 for The Age of Innocence. So, I mean, she was really doing her thing. Like, she was in so many films and had this, like, really amazing career. And throughout the 90s, I mean, Winona really did seem to be one of the rare actresses could kind of like make that difficult transition from child star to respected adult actress like she was doing an amazing job she was like i said getting nominated for oscars she was getting more serious roles and we know like from the amanda bynes episodes again listen if you haven't that it is really difficult for especially these young women to make that transition from child actress to respected adult actress it's a very, very difficult journey, but it seemed like Winona had nailed it and she was kind of that, that rarer breed who could really handle this. And by 1999, Winona Ryder starred in the film Girl Interrupted, which focuses on a group of women suffering from mental illness. And Angelina Jolie actually won the best supporting actress for the film, but Winona's performance was praised. She was excellent. And in the film, she plays a woman who suffers from borderline personality disorder and severe depression. And it's interesting because the same year, she actually had a very candid interview with Diane Sawyer in which she personally opens up about her very personal struggles with mental health and said that she's suffered from depression, she suffered from severe anxiety uh, recently in her life, and she's trying to navigate these feelings. And she said that she felt really, really bad because all over they talked about how Winona Ryder was the luckiest girl in the world and she had a charmed life. And she said, you know, even though I have on paper what seems to be an amazing life, I do still suffer from depression and, you know, anxiety and other issues like everybody else. And she actually says that she regrets doing this interview and I don't blame her because I feel like a lot of Diane Sawyer interviews, they're very exploitive. Like I think about Britney Spears or Whitney Houston and they are, they they definitely make people just look bad and I could see why she kind of regretted it because because she was so open about her mental health, society really painted this narrative that she's crazy. And you know, women especially get that narrative all the time, like she's just a crazy woman. She, you know, has screws loose. She's gonna go off the deep end. And this is in 1999. People did not talk about their mental health struggles. So if you were so open about your depression, people automatically seemed like you were insane. When That's something that we all deal with from time to time. But like I said, Winona really, really opened up about having these struggles. And by the end of 2001, those struggles kind of came to a head because on December 12th, 2001, Winona Ryder waltzed into a Saks Fifth Avenue and started going on what appeared to be, you know, at first, and, you know, in an out-of-control shopping spree, like, girl was having her day. Let's go. Let's burn some plastic and have fun, you know, because she had already purchased some stuff in the store. Like, she had a garment bag from Saks Fifth Avenue. She had another bag with some clothes in it. So they're like, oh, why Nona is going back for more. She can't get enough. So she goes up on the second floor of the Saks. And like I said, after she had for initially paid for some stuff and security footage kind of shows her roaming around the store, looking at a few pieces of merchandise and security footage shows her, you know, ripping the tags off of several items of designer clothing, accessories and even a handbag. And she proceeds to like shove most of this stuff that she just ripped the tags off of into the bag with the things that she had already purchased. And, you know, this is definitely incriminating and, you know, security footage is everywhere, even in 2001 and people were watching her. But if you watch the surveillance footage, I mean, Winona is pretty brazen about it all. Like she is not hiding this whatsoever like she just ripping things off shoving it into a bag and walking around doing this with several things that that catches her eyes and honestly like what it reminds me of and listen to my bling ring episode if you haven't it literally reminds me of the bling ring it reminds me of the surveillance footage of the kids at Arjuna Patridge's house. Like they literally have a bag like stuffed to the gills with her stuff. Like it's very obvious that you threw a lot into this bag and it's full. And that's what it looks like on security footage. Like she's just walking around with like huge bags thinking people would be like none the wiser. But her bags, like I said, like they were so stuffed. You can see on the surveillance footage, like she's struggling to walk. She is, she's holding that much stuff. Like she's holding a garment bag of something she's already bought. She's holding several different bags in each hand. And, you know, like it reminds me of like when your mom asks you to unload the groceries and you do not want to make a second trip. So you just have like so many bags in your hands. Like that's literally what it looked like. like. She was carrying so much stuff. So as she goes down the escalator and reaches the first floor of the sacks, you know, we're kind of holding out a little bit of hope. Maybe Winona just wanted to go back and, you know, buy these things and make it easier for herself that she didn't have to take the tags off later. You know, we're the eternal optimist here on the Diving Board Podcast, but we see her, you know, go down the escalator and we're thinking, so is she going to make her way uh, to the registers? And she doesn't, you know, she... She kind of makes a beeline to the door, but like I said, she wasn't moving that fast because she was carrying so much stuff, but she makes a beeline to the door. She goes to the double doors thinking, I have made a break for it. I got all this stuff for free, I'm doing it. But following close behind her was a Saks Fifth Avenue security guard and a couple of the Saks employees. So they immediately run after her and Wynona is immediately apprehended and arrested. But she was like, I meant no harm. You've got the wrong girl. I didn't mean to do this. I This isn't what you think. She says that she was stealing the items because her director for an upcoming movie instructed her to shoplift so that she could kind of research for an upcoming role. You know, they wanted her to method act. If you're going to play a shoplifter, you need to go in and steal all of your favorite items from the department store. It makes sense, right? Now i think it kind of goes without saying that you don't buy that i don't buy that the police wasn't buying that and i mean winona winona literally wasn't buying anything so I'm sorry, this entire podcast is just me laughing at my own jokes. But, you know, they, they didn't buy that. So they w- arrested Winona, and she was held on a $20,000 bail. And her lawyer actually wound up posting that bail for her. And when they went through her bags, they found some pretty incriminating stuff they found five thousand five hundred and sixty dollars worth of stolen merchandise including a cashmere Marc Jacobs sweater worth a little over seven hundred dollars various uh Frederick Fakai hair accessories which were about uh six hundred dollars it's like girl how many of those did you steal and several pairs of um designer socks including a cashmere pair from Donna Karen that was worth about eighty dollars it's like damn okay i mean designer cashmere socks like that's kind of a flex i i'll give it to her and they found these inside the shopping bags that she already had they found it in that garment bag she was carrying and the other sack shopping bag and you know um we love our inflation calculators here on the dining board podcast and the amount that she stole it would probably it would be worth around like $8,800 today. So like a decent loot, like, you know, on the game shows when they say like, you're going on a $10,000 shopping spree. I mean, Winona Ryder kind of did that on Saks with Avenues Dime. And uh, also while they were going through her belongings, they found several very, very strong painkillers, including Demerol, Percocet, and Vicodin, and none of which she had a prescription for. And uh, this was bad. She was under a huge media firestorm. I mean, Winona Ryder. This was definitely the height of her fame, and you know there was no stopping her. She was just on this, you know, over a decade long career of doing movies almost every single year. I mean, she was a very famous actress. And though she was out on bail, she was awaiting trial. She didn't know what was going to happen and what the charges were going to be because, I mean they classified this as a grand theft. It was over $5,000, so it does fall under to that kind of grand theft threshold. And her trial came in November 2002, and it lasted six days. And um, I have to say, during this trial, in true Winona fashion, I mean, she was serving looks. She was wearing tons of Marc Jacobs, who she had stolen the sweater from, from Saks. So we know she's a Marc Jacobs fan and she looked so good. I mean, this was early two thousands Marc Jacobs. So like prime, she looked, look at pictures from that trial. I'll definitely post them on the diving board, Instagram. She looked good. And someone actually was quoted, like, you know, she might be a shoplifter, but she has impeccable taste, which I mean, Hey, she's no crime of fashion. So this trial, all jokes aside, I mean, it was tough on Wynona. Prosecution, I mean, they were taking low blows. And as an example of like the low blows the prosecution was taking, her Winona's attorney actually was like giving examples of Winona's character and how she's a great person. And her attorney actually brought up how in the early 90s, Winona was really passionate about finding a young girl who had disappeared in the night from her home named Polly Class. And this was a young girl who actually disappeared from Winona's hometown. And Winona really, really was instrumental and passionate about getting Polly back home and actually offered a $20,000 reward for her safe return. And unfortunately, Polly was killed and they did find her body. And the prosecution definitely used that against Winona in a way. They basically said, You're bringing up this example and you're using this young girl's dead body as a way to prove that Winona isn't an awful person. It's like, just. They were really, really taking some serious low blows and it just was a really, really bad situation. And it was just insane the way they were dragging Winona through the mud. And I remember as a kid, like my mom, she always subscribed to a bunch of magazines. And I remember seeing Winona plastered on every single one. Like people were so upset that someone who was so rich and so famous, like and could pay for these items, was going into a store and stealing them. And I I totally get that but they literally treated this like it was the OJ trial like keep in mind this was a trial for shoplifting and I'm not condoning shoplifting trust me I'm not saying go and steal from stores but she didn't kill anyone you know she didn't take the food supply from starving children she didn't you know steal from charities she didn't steal from the American Red Cross when people do do that and you know she she didn't do such a large crime to render the way they were treating her like Saks Fifth Avenue is going to be okay. Like they're, they're going to be fine. Actually, wait, that actually might be up in the air because I know they did file for bankruptcy a couple of years ago. So (laughs) we don't know if Saks Fifth Avenue is going to survive, but it wasn't because of Winona Ryder. Okay. They made some poor business decisions. It wasn't because of her. So after deliberation, the jury found Winona Ryder guilty of two of three counts of felony shoplifting, including grand theft and vandalism. Uh, the third count they couldn't, um, find her guilty of because that count required proof that Winona went into the store with the intention to steal. She was sentenced to three years probation, 480 hours community service, and was ordered to pay $3,700 in fines and $6,355 in restitution to Saks Fifth Avenue. And, you know, there was actually some information from the prosecution that definitely kind of thickened the plot. One was that when Nona used the defense of oftentimes when you are a celebrity, you will go into stores and kind of take what you want without paying for it and then they like bill you or your assistant later because you know you're a celebrity they know who you are and you know they're not worried about you shoplifting which I mean is I guess like it definitely more of a believable defense than her original I'm researching for a role it this was I don't know how celebrities I could buy that like I get like celebrities often get things for free you know isn't that a kick in the head that rich and famous people honestly get a lot of expensive things for free but I don't know if like Kim Kardashian is going into you know Nordstrom and using her credit card to pay for things like I don't know how that works so I could kind of see like that that would be kind of plausible but also like why didn't you lead with that then? Because I think if she said that, maybe they would have understood more. I don't know. I'm I'm sure her lawyer probably thought of that defense after the fact. I I don't think that's why Wynonna was taking things out of the store without buying them. Because during the prosecution, it was also revealed that Winona kind of had a history of shoplifting, specifically from Saks Fifth Avenue. And finally, I mean, like, they had to put their foot down. They were like, okay, no more. Like, I'm sure maybe they saw, like, Winona kind of, Lifting a few pairs of the Donna Karen socks or throwing a couple of things into her bag. And they're like, you know what, we're not gonna worry about it. At least we have Wine Owner Ryder shopping in the store. But I think when she had all of that stuff, like almost six thousand dollars worth of stuff, they were like, No, 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 girl, like you've overstayed your welcome. We we have to do something. And I actually read an article that was in time from 2002 i mean this is the diving board podcast we're gonna dive and they actually interviewed a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist he actually said that winona shows definitely some signs of kleptomania and he said that because she was so brazen with the way she stole things and the way she treated the things she stole like when she was like cutting off the security tags and everything like she was cutting holes in the sweater to get the security tag off. So it's like, clearly you're not trying to like save that sweater or you're not going to wear that with a huge hole in it. So you probably are just taking this for the thrill of taking it. And you know, it's clear she had no intention of actually wearing that stuff. And you know, like I said, maybe she was shoplifting things here and there and the thrill was kind of waning and she thought i'm gonna take a bunch of stuff this time and see what happens so i mean i i can definitely kind of see where they're coming from where she might actually show some signs of some kleptomania and you know like i was never really a shoplifter growing up like i'll talk to some of my friends like and we'll talk about like crazy things we did as teenagers and they'll say like oh i used to shoplift a lot from stores and that was like never really my thing I think I was just like terrified of my parents and I like just never did anything wrong in high school but like my thing I used to like right when YouTube first was like hitting the scene and the like beauty community was growing and this is like much this is like 2007 so it was much different than how it is now like Those videos are like a production. These people would just like film on their digital camera. And I like became like really obsessed with like expensive makeup that they would be using in the videos. And of course, like my mom wasn't going to buy that for me. So I would take, this sounds disgusting now, but I would like take the testers from like the makeup counter and I would like, and my mom is a nurse, so like I would go home and just like clean we always had like alcohol wipes and like peroxide at home so I would like sanitize it at home but I would like take the tester that like everyone was using and I justified it by thinking like okay you know it's not like technically for sale and it doesn't have a barcode on it so I thought like it's like a free sample it's like me taking a free sample but of course I, you know, I felt really guilty and I was like trying to justify it in my head being like, you're not really stealing stuff. You know, this is not affecting the store in any way. But like I said, I felt guilty. So I referenced to our Greek chorus that we used to use in the 2000s, which was Yahoo Answers. And (laughs) I wrote a Yahoo answer. I wrote a question that said, Like, is it illegal to steal the testers from the makeup counter? Because I was feeling bad and I basically was looking for people to alleviate me of my guilt. And I was saying, like, you know, I think of them as free samples and, you know, I don't think of myself as stealing them. And of course, I didn't really get many answers from that. Definitely, you know, like the peanut gallery of being like, you should be in jail. But I just, I didn't think of anything of it. So I returned to that because the question was still plaguing me, and I returned to it a couple months later. And I looked at my Yahoo answer, but then I also saw another entry that had the same content that I had typed in my Yahoo answer when I Googled it. So I clicked on that link. And it was an article from a woman and she talked about how people were shoplifting designer makeup. And she also talked about how people were stealing the testers. And to back up her points in her article, she used a quote and she used a quote from my yahoo answer she's like one yahoo an- Yo- one yahoo user says that they justify taking the testers because they think of them as free samples and i was when i tell you that i screamed i was shook as hell for one, that I had made this woman's article for my stupid Yahoo answer that I wrote at like 16 years old, and two, that she couldn't even have credited me. You could have said Yahoo user JillMarie0816, or at least contacted me and like promoted, I don't know, like my Zanga or, you know, my live journal or something. Come on. You know, Of course, yes, I was stealing the testers, but she stole my intellectual property. She stole my Yahoo answer for that quote, but could you imagine? My Yahoo answer was used in an article. I, and I still don't know what the legal ramifications are of stealing testers. I haven't done that since high school, but that is kind of was my gateway into shoplifting. I never stole stuff that was actually part of the inventory. Did, like, anyone else, though, like, used to spend, like, hours on Yahoo Answers as a kid, like, in high school? Like, I was obsessed with just, like, answering stuff on Yahoo Answers. And, like, people would be asking, like, marriage advice. And there would be, like, 15-year-old me, like, giving them advice on their marriage. <laughs> like, girl, you need to get out of that. He does not treat you right. Like, who the hell was I? That's right. Never believe... Anything on the internet. Like, never, just don't. Because um, you never know who's on the other side of that screen. Like, my dumbass writing what you should do about your marriage. Anyway, <laughs> um, after the trial, Winona, she really started keeping a low profile. Um, she was on the cover of W Magazine a year later in a free Winona shirt. And, you know, that was kind of like a flippant movement, you know, a cheeky, something fun. And she was also in a Marc Jacobs campaign. And that was also kind of a cheeky nod to, you know, stealing the Marc Jacobs sweater. There were no hard feelings. And really, you know, they turn lemons into lemonade. But after this, I mean, Winona really took a hiatus from acting. She would make cameos here and there, but her last starring role was in Mr. Deeds. With um, Adam Sandler. Now, if you thought being in a shoplifting trial was rock bottom, your last starring role was Mr. Deeds. Girl, I'd rather go through the trial again. Um, (laughs) Anyway, um, she definitely took some time off. She starred or made a kind of a small supporting role in Black Swan, which love, obsessed, but we didn't see her make like a really huge comeback until she starred in the Netflix series, Stranger Things. And she said, you know, it was kind of hard to go back into Hollywood because she was away for so long. And she said, you know, I left Hollywood as this like young 30 something woman. And then I came back like in my forties as a 40 year old woman. And like Hollywood didn't know where to place me because they had this previous image of me and now i'm you know i'm totally different i'm you know 15 years older so she said it was it was definitely different to come back into hollywood but she definitely made a huge comeback when netflix cast her in stranger things which i mean we love and actually i've never streamed i've never um seen stranger things just like confession i i'm like so bad at watching new tv shows because i like to watch like shows over and over and over and over and then i'll like watch popular shows that were, you know, groundbreaking five years ago. I'll watch them like now and then I'll watch them. I'm like, why isn't everyone talking about like how amazing the show is? But I'm like, oh yeah, they were five years ago when the show came out. So (laughs) I'm just very, very, very late to the party, but I'm sure Stranger Things is great. I've only heard really good things about it. Actually, I have met um, that kid, uh, Joe Curie, who's in it. I met him when I was bartending at a movie theater in college, and I will say he is very cute. I had no idea he was famous. I just wanted to flirt with the cute guy at the bar. But I had a feeling that he had to be like some type of actor because he just looked too good looking to not be and he is very cute so anyone who is a Joe Curie fan I will say he is very cute and nice in person so I should watch Stranger Things uh, but we love you know we love Winona's comeback I hope she starts doing more I mean she's so talented will always love Winona, and she's such a great actress um she did actually speak a little bit about the whole shoplifting incident in 2016 and she said I mean she too was blown away by how blown out of proportion this was like she even said she's like this wasn't the crime of the century but they really did act like that and you know she said leading up to the incident she was going through a really really difficult time she was depressed and she said she was abusing a lot of painkillers which i get i mean i've never taken really strong painkillers because i just have a bad reaction to them but i could imagine that they do definitely alter your state of mind, especially if you're taking a lot of them. And you know, the doctor that she was actually seeing at the time, he was like a complete quack and he was actually stripped of his medical license because it was found that he was favoring the rich and famous when it came to writing prescriptions. So basically, you know, like if you were rich or you were famous, you could go in and be like, hey, um, I have a little bit of a headache and he'll give you a prescription for Vicodin. And, you know, that's that's not the way we we do things. So, you know, he was he was obviously stripped of his medical license. So really bad scene being involved in that person and, you know, getting these drugs just definitely added to this downfall. But Wynona said she cherished her break from Hollywood. And she said even though she wasn't doing anything in the public eye, it didn't mean she wasn't doing anything. She just said she's like, I've been acting since I was a teenager, and this was a time where I wanted to do something else, which I totally understand. I mean, since I've been working, I've been working since I was 17 and I've worked so many different jobs in the last 13 years. I feel like I've lived like a thousand lives. That's why I have all these crazy stories. But like I totally get like sometimes you just want to do something else. And she said she wanted to move back to San Francisco and she had other interests that she wanted to pursue. And she always thought like, okay, what if I just don't act? Like what is my life going to be like? And I think she kind of figured that out during that time and got to pursue other things and having that break was you know a very good thing for her and obviously you know getting to that break was a very bumpy road but i think you know sometimes like we have to hit rock bottom to be like okay i need to take some time off and i need to focus on me and i think that was really really good for winona cuz you know she was she was on hiatus for almost 10 years so I think it was good kind of to like have that break and reassess and then come back, you know, better than ever. So we wish Winona Ryder nothing but the best. We love her here on the Diving Board Podcast. And, you know, that is the story of Winona Ryder and the Winona Ryder shoplifting scandal. Of course, I know it's not a huge story with a bunch of layers and a bunch of twists and turns, but I still think it is essential pop culture knowledge and it's an iconic Part of the last twenty years in pop culture, and it's a story everyone should know about. And it really kind of continues that conversation of mental health, and you know how we kind of can blow crimes out of proportion. And really, I understand, you know, why Nona, it was illegal what she did, and we don't condone shoplifting here on the Diving Board podcast or stealing the testers. Um, <laughs> but we are happy that why Nona. Came that on the other side and she is better than ever we love her like I said we all make mistakes in life we all have our moments but the end of the day it is just important that we learn from them we grow from them and we don't repeat them that is all that matters life is just all a learning experience and if you're not learning you're not growing and I think growing is truly the point of life you're always supposed to be evolving so like I said we wish Wynonna Ryder, nothing but the best. And of course, we wish everyone well here on the Diving Board Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and if you learned something, I would so appreciate if you rated me five stars on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Also, if you are so inclined to write me a review on Apple Podcasts, I would be extremely grateful. It just helps the podcast out so much. And if you enjoy listening week to week, please feel free to subscribe on Spotify or Apple. And I have a big episode coming up next week, so I'm really excited about that. So please be sure to tune in next week. And as always, thank you so much for the support. Thank you so much for listening. I love all of my divers here on the Diving Board Podcast. So thank you so much. And until next time where we can meet again on the deep end, I will see you all next week. Take care, everyone.